0: My name is Blair. Um, I'm a pastor here at Waypoint, and I'm glad you're here. We're in a series called Jonah Unfiltered, and the reason we played that song is because I think you could expect a song like that to be sung by a prophet. A a prophet was a rare role held in ancient Israel. You were on call to say what God wanted you to say when he wanted you to say it. These guys did dramatic things all the time. Jonah is in that group of people. And you would expect that he would have that sense of, I'll follow you. Wherever you're going, I'm with you. If this takes us down, I'm with you. But it turns out that the song that you just heard would be a better representation of how God responds to Jonah instead. Things are a little messed up. Austin's been trying to convince you that the book of Jonah is not a kid's story. He's off of the family vacation, and so he asked me if I would grab chapter 2, and I was like, chapter 2? That's the chapter that everybody glosses over, never thinks about, because there's a big fish in the story. And technically, technically, it it is in chapter 2. Now, I know if you've been paying attention, Austin introduced you to it because it's in verse 17 of chapter one, but in the original Hebrew, I don't know if you've ever seen this in your Bible. I'll show you what my Bible looks like. Go ahead and put that picture up. There's a, it pulls verse 17 down and puts a little heading right there because in the original Hebrew, that verse is in chapter two, which, I mean, makes me a little sad because I don't want to talk about that big thing. I, I think there are bigger fish to fry. Uh, I should have known better. Sorry, Austin got me hooked. Um, Okay. (laughs) See, we're talking about the fish. It's not about the fish. And yet it grabs our attention and it pulls us in all the time. We end up having these conversations about this little fish. Well, I think there are some things that we should be paying attention to. Let me read you verse 17 where this gets introduced into the story. Here it is. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I want to suggest to you upon reading that verse, there ought to be something in us that says, wow, I cannot believe that's happening. And it's not the fish. The fish gets the story. And unfortunately, I'm just going to spend a few minutes on it because I'm aware that there's a a lot of people who have gotten stuck on the fish part of this story. They want to know, do you think it's real? Do you think it's a parable? Do you think it's just a fairy tale? People have these kind of questions and they get stuck there. So let me try to do it this way. I want to I introduce you to three guys, James Bartley, Luigi, that's just like the video game, Marquez, and Michael, all right? Um, all three of these guys have one thing in common. They all claim to have been swallowed by a whale. Now in 1891, a newspaper article hit that James Bartley, who was a fisherman who was on a whaling expedition, fell overboard. And they thought he was dead, and they later found him in the belly of a whale. And I've read it, I've read the article, I've read a bunch of other things associated with it, and here's what I think, I think it's a hoax. The details kept changing, lots of weird things. Why am I telling you this? Because if you go and look for it, you're going to find this, I don't want you to be fooled. Um, In Luigi, 2016, he's a fisherman, claims that he also fell overboard, and this is his claim, for 3 days and 3 nights he was in the belly of a whale now here it sounds like a copycat copyfish however you want to say it right it sounds like he's just like pretending to match up with the story and the things i've read about it i just i don't know that i can buy it at all but michael packard that guy is a professional lobster diver he swims below the ocean to gather lobsters, and that's how he makes a living. He was 45 feet below the surface of the ocean when he was swallowed by a whale. He, um, he was regurgitated, thrown up, 40 seconds later, and we know some of this because he actually got checked into the hospital because of this incident. This is, this is not something you often hear in the entry like, why are you here today? Swallowed by a whale, right? But that's on record. He's on record. And here's what I found fascinating reading the article. There's a guy named Ian, like Ian. He says this. L- let me read it to you. Can you put that on the screen for me? It says, marine biologists Ian Kerr told Global News that he had heard of this happening only twice before and that humpbacks were by and large, not that interested in human beings. He's trying to make the case that humpback whales aren't going around trying to suck in human beings. Like, yeah, we know that, Ian. What we didn't know, Ian, is this has happened two other times and you haven't told us before, right? That's weird. So I could, I think I could say this with a sense of confidence you could be swallowed by a fish. And that's without God's divine intervention. I I think why I struggle so much with why people get stuck here is because they have read past the most unbelievable part of this story already and they didn't even pause. I'll read it to you. It's in chapter one, verse three. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. Jonah, a prophet of Almighty God, claims to be following the creator of everything. And he believes that he can ditch him. He believes that he can go off into this creation somewhere and get lost in the shuffle. Like, is there not... Is there not a category in your mind where God, who is the creator of all of this thing, could use that to sustain Jonah? Is it not possible that God could orchestrate the swallowing of somebody because we know people can be swallowed and then sustain them? So for me, this is, I, I just think, okay, there's enough It was in the scriptures. I could believe it, no problem. If you also came to me and said, I have definitive proof that this is a parable, I would say, awesome. I don't care. It's no big deal. That's not my focal point. My focal point is something else that's bigger, that's going on in the story. And whether you think that it happened or that it's a parable, at the least... You should pay attention to what God wants us to pay attention to in the story. Let me read it again. I'm going to stop this time. Verse 17. Now the Lord provided. Can you believe that? What's happening in this story is that this fish who shows up on the scene for the sake of Jonah is being provided by God. It's an act of provision. You'll find out that Jonah agrees with that assessment, the writer agrees with that assessment, God agrees with that assessment. Everybody here thinks it's provision. Why? Why is it provision? Because um, Austin did a good job last week of explaining the course that Jonah's life was taking, and it was down. Down, down, down. The writer just kept writing. Everything is down, down, down. And right before this happens, do you know what Jonah said? He said, why don't you throw me into the ocean? Let me translate that. I'll put it in English for you. Kill me. Just kill me. I don't think I can outrun this mighty creator God of the universe. The best I can do is for my life to be taken The whole Israelite culture believed the depths of the ocean was associated with death. So when he said, toss me over, he knew he was going to die. The people who threw him over knew he was going to die. The only person in the story who didn't think Jonah was going to die was God. Because God was providing rescue. He was providing a means of a way out. And he was finding some way. For him to not die. It's kind of not made it into many kids books, has it? That's because this isn't a PG kind of story. There's big stuff that's going on. In fact, because of the incident with the fish and the redirection and the throwing up somewhere, most people have concluded that the primary purpose of the fish in the story was to redirect Jonah's physical direction. I gotta get you going in the right direction, so I'm gonna swallow you up and spit you out where you need to be. The scriptures seemed to indicate a different reason. If this is about provision, rescue, there is something else on the heart of God when it comes to Jonah. And it kind of shows up in the first verse of chapter 2. It says this. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed for, um, prayed to his God. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. This, my friends, is the first sensible thing I've read in the whole book. Like if, you, if you're caught in a terrible situation, isn't your first inclination to start praying about that, to pray for some rescue, to pray for some help, to pray for some, that, that's normal. <laughs> that is not what happened here. The text seems to indicate that Jonah waited three days and three nights before he started praying. That's not normal. Now, of course, this isn't a normal rescue either. This is, this is not some cruise that he's on. This is not some three-day retreat where he can gather himself in some silence. He's in the belly of a fish. Like, this is uncomfortable. This is miserable. This is dark. And he's got to be processing through, what in the world am I doing here? Have you, have you ever been there? in the belly of a situation where it feels like it's dark, you're alone, you're isolated, you're not really sure what's going to happen. You, maybe you made a choice that took you down a path. Maybe somebody else did. Maybe you got caught doing something that you shouldn't have been doing and now you're having to face all of that. It could be that your moment in the belly is when you've realized I'm not getting the outcome that I wanted in life, but I don't seem to have the strength, the will, the emotional capacity to see this through to the end, and I feel exhausted. I feel like giving up. You have moments like this that happen when you're in the belly. You think to yourself, I don't know if I can take much more. You have thoughts like, I'm not sure it could get any worse than this. Could get any worse for Jonah? Turns out it could. He could be drowning in the ocean right now. And here, here's something I want you to wrestle with, my friends. The moments where we think it can't get much worse, it can because you only hit rock bottom, you only hit rock bottom when you change. If you don't change, your life still keeps going in that general direction. Jonah's was going down, 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 and if you didn't think it could go any worse, it could. But God had provided a way so that it didn't have to keep doing that. And it was only because he was in this moment Three days quiet in a fish where he realized that maybe this awful, terrible situation that I'm in is actually God's provision. It's his safety. It's his protection for me. Is that how you felt when life comes and swallows you whole? When a situation of your life, maybe it has to do with a friend. Maybe it has to do with a coworker And that there's like tension every time you go to work. Maybe it has to do with a relationship that you've had or a financial situation that just seemed to gobble you up. Something happens and your life gets consumed by the moment. And you wonder, is this a time to pray or not? You know, oddly enough, I actually went back and I I made that list of different things where you can find yourself in the belly of something. And I examined my own life and what I realized was I waited to pray. I waited to pray. I waited for a lot of different reasons. thought I could just handle this on my own. thought maybe I was responsible for the mess. And I wonder, I wonder about Jonah. I wonder if, Jonah decided not to pray because he was just buried in a mess that he knew he had chosen. And so he was quiet. And finally, after three days, three nights, he prays. And all of chapter 2 is a prayer. And you know what's ironic? (laughs) It is not the prayer you would expect Jonah to pray. Yeah. Here's, what I, here's what I thought Jonah would do. <laughs> sorry! I'm sorry, I'm such an idiot. I don't know what I was doing. I, I don't know why I ran. I'm sorry. If this is, I'm in a bad place here. Can you help me? Can you save me? Rescue me? Help me, God! Nope. None of that. Maybe you're going to find this interesting. I did. The book of Jonah is read every year by Orthodox Jews. They read it after a 10 year spiritual celebration. That last day is Yom Kippur. And on that day, the day of awe, ah, they read the book of Jonah. Why? Because they're reading about repentance, which is odd. Because there's not once in the book of Jonah where Jonah says, I'm sorry. Never says I'm sorry for running. Never says I'm sorry for being a knucklehead. He not, maybe, maybe I could make the case. Deep into chapter four, there's something that happens that I would, it would take a lot for me to explain it to you. I'm not gonna try. I could maybe make the case that he apologized at that moment. But it is not said and it is not clear, which makes you ask the question, why in the world does the, Jewish nation, read that book about repentance. And it turns out, there is something in this prayer with Jonah that reveals what the main ingredients of repentance is. And because of that, this becomes a book that's worth reading. So let me, let me highlight some of the things that happened because this is an unexpected prayer. He goes in directions that you don't think he would go in. Let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. This is verse two. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. Where do you think he made his first prayer from? The depths of the ocean. And he's recalling that moment. In fact, it's it's in most of the chapter. In verse 6, he says, To the roots of the mountain I sank down. How low did I go? I saw where the mountains get their foundation. That's how low I was. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. How? In a fish. Verse 7, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. And again, he, had, he just has these moments where he recalls over and over and over again that what he was facing was down, and now he's not. Like, the situation that he's in is better than the pit that he just got rescued from. He's, he's seeing the belly As provision. And then he gets to verse 8. This is beautiful. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. It took Jonah three days and three nights to realize that when he decided, I'm going to Tarshish, and he turned his back and headed there, it took him three days to realize that what he was doing was turning his back On something over here and that was God's love my friends when you make a choice to do it your way you're choosing to turn yourself towards something and you turn away from something in the process the thing you turn away from is God's love and he details it out right here it's God's love that he turned away from. If you think God sent this fish out of anger to redirect Jonah, you're going to be disappointed because you're not going to find God's anger in the book. It doesn't show up. God's provision does. His provision happens to be a belly. It was a... Uh, It was about eight years after I graduated from college that I found myself in the belly. I had gone to school for the express purpose of getting an education that would allow me to be in ministry somewhere. Um, My junior year, I started looking at the kind of things I wanted to do in ministry. My parents had been in ministry, and there were certain things that I had seen that I did not like. And what I realized is that all of those things were still in every ministry opportunity I looked at. So I said to God, I'm not doing that. I'll I'll find a way to honor you, but it's going to be my way. And eight years into trying to figure out how to do it my way, I found myself in a hole that I had dug. It was pretty deep that I, I saw no way out, and, and I could recognize I did it, and my first inclination was not to pray. That's maybe why, you know, and first my first thought was, Jonah, that's not normal what you're doing. I, I think it might be. I didn't want to pray, because what was I supposed to say? Hey, I know I did this. I know I did this to myself. I know I put myself in a place by refusing what you wanted for my life. I was going to do it my way. Will you help me now? That It just seemed so messed up. So I was quiet for the longest time. And I was losing a sense of hope. Like, I think maybe the whole direction of my life has been set by this bad choice that I've made. And I'm going to have to live with it forever. And this is going to be bad. It's going to be bad for my wife. It's going to be bad for my kids. It's on me. And then um, something happened that happened in the story of Jonah too. In verse 9, Jonah says this, What I have vowed I will make good. And Jonah says, I will change. I'll do something different. After eight plus years, after some frustration of being in the pit, I finally looked at God and said, okay, I'll do it your way. I don't know what that even looks like, but I'm done. I'm done trying to figure this all out on my own. I'll do it your way. Fifteen to eighteen months later, I'm working in a church. I, I... I couldn't orchestrate that. I, I had buried myself under a weight of garbage. But God could orchestrate that. And unfortunately, what I realized was that I needed that belly to get there. Like if I, I think if I wasn't in the belly, I never would have stopped But looking back, I can tell you that four-year season in my life where I was chasing something that I thought was honorable and it was all about me, it was all about my ego, it was all about what I wanted, got me to a place where God could finally speak into my life in a way that I would listen. So I, I know we end up in the bellies in a lot of different for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes we end up in a belly of a situation that we feel swallowed in because somebody did something. There's a situation that you didn't have control over and it rushes into your life. I get all of that. I, I want to I want to just address this one. Sometimes we end up in the belly because we want it to be our way. And when we turn and follow our way, we turn our back on God's love. So I want to make three observations from chapter two that we've kind of danced around, but I want to get really clear about them, okay? Observation number one. This is a thing I think could be true. Don't assume that if you're in the pit or in a belly situation in your life right now that it's punishment. It could actually be God's provision that shows up to find a way to turn you, to rescue you, to help you, to guide you. Don't assume that he's out to punish you. You're not going to find God's anger in the story. In fact, the anger that you find in the story is from Jonah towards God. He's angry that he's going to do a certain thing. And that's what I see more often in my story and in other people's story. When things don't go the way we want, we think our anger at God is justified. How dare you leave me out in the cold? How dare you not work this out my way? How come this outcome can't be the one that I want? And never never do we stop to consider that maybe you're in that place so that you could actually turn towards God's love don't assume that it's a punishment number 2 it's based on verse 7 my life was going down you saved me jonah was he was drowning and then in the next moment, he was spared. And um, I, I already know Austin is going to do this, so I'm really I'm glad about that. I'm, uh, so I'm not taking as much time as I would if he weren't going to do this. You have to attach all the stuff that goes on with Jesus to the Jonah story. There's an overwhelming number of connections that are made. This is one of them. He was facing death, and now he's alive. He didn't do anything for that, but still he was saved and rescued. My friends, that is your story. That's your story. And sometimes we have a hard time looking at like the garbage that we find ourselves in, this thing that swallowed us in life, and we can't find anything of value to be grateful about. And I would suggest to you that one of the things that you could be grateful about is that you were spared. God saved you, rescued you, sent his son on your behalf. You could be facing this thing alone. No Jesus in your life. No love. No hope. No impending rescue. You could do it all on your own. But that's not what's happening in your story. God showed up for you. Saved you, rescued you. Which gives you the opportunity in the belly situation that you find yourself in to be grateful. It turns out for Jonah that hope came from a sense of gratefulness and his gratefulness came from what God did for him. My friends, that could be you too. Yeah, it's tough. You might be in a tough place. You might have even chose that place. But God's goodness is there. It's possible for you to find that. He followed you down. Like that song, he's the one who followed you. as down as low as you would go. And he's simply waiting. Waiting for what? Well, the third thing that I want to point to. Verse 8, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for him. Did you know the book of Jonah was a story of Compassion. It's a story of God's overwhelming compassion. This is why the Jewish people read this every year. Because the reason Jonah turns back to God, the reason Jonah is rescued in this story, is because although God is just, and he is, if he were just just, we'd be doomed. He's also compassionate, and because God's compassion was sitting right there the moment that Jonah needed it, it was there. He's in the water, drowning, now he's not. He's in the belly, realizing I've been provided for. I'm going to turn back, I will fulfill the vow I made. Why? Because you actually love me. Love, compassion, was why Jonah changed direction. It's why we change direction. It's available for you on a regular basis. And the only thing that prevents you from experiencing it is if you just refuse to turn and accept it. I think people run from God for a lot of reasons. Uh, They want to do things their way. They're hurt by something that somebody was said. They blame God for this. The outcome that they wanted isn't exactly what they had in mind. And people run. And what they miss was that if you keep running in that direction, it will go down, down, down. And you won't hit bottom until you change. But the moment, the moment you want compassion, the moment you want like a love in your life that overwhelms you, you could have it. You could turn to God. And the question I have for you is just this simple. If the book of Jonah isn't exactly what you thought it was, do you think it's possible that that could be true of your life too? That what you thought was true about your life being in a pit or down or out, you could, get, you could be getting the wrong part of the story and you missed that a God who loves you has been providing and out for you and is just looking for you to turn back to him. It was true of my story. I'm convinced it's true of our stories when we decide we're going to do it our way. So can I pray with you real quick? God, we want... uh, We want... things in our life to go our way. And we almost equate it with uh, you're not loving us, you don't care about us, you don't like us if it doesn't. And yet we pursue things uh, that are not about your agenda, that are not about you in our lives. And it takes us to places that are down. But God, we stand ready. Ready to remember that you are a God of compassion. That sometimes the provision you provide is not what we have in mind, but if we would open up our eyes, we would see a loving God who was protecting us. We would, we would get this sense that your compassion is there to be turned towards at any time. God, I ask that you would move around the room. I ask that your spirit would visit hearts right now because when we choose to go in a direction that's opposite of you, we know it and there are people who know it right now. And so I ask that the spirit would just step on that, point it out, reveal it. Say, man, if you want to keep going down this path, you can, but it's only going to get worse. Or you could turn back. You could turn back. I'm a compassionate God, and you might be in the belly right now, but I just want your attention. God, I ask that we would have the courage to listen and follow, because you have followed us. You, have, you're there right now, just waiting for us to respond. Give people the courage to turn back towards you, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.